1: The dirty secret is Game of Thrones hasn't been good in three years.
0: I've never watched Game of Thrones.
1: Okay. There, there, there are certain... I'm not trying
0: to no-sell you this, oh, but no, no, I, no, I, no. I thought you knew that I never watched Game of oh, Thrones. I,
1: I, it didn't matter. It was just a statement okay. I was going to say. So all you angry fanboys can eat it. Um, certain... I watched
0: Lost back in the day, oh, and God. I actually credit the failure of season six of Lost in a large amount of my jadedness towards television generally like that burned out so much inside of me to have season 5 end in such a fun way and to not be paid off or to get the most generic resolution arc you possibly could when they had all the time in the world to write something satisfying so i definitely feel for the game of thrones fans
1: i never watched lost i had a roommate who hit, who got angry as he spent so much time investing in it, and as it got worse.
0: That's what got me into podcasting, actually. Mm-hmm. Lost had a big podcasting online network back in the day, and there was this website called TalkShoe, where all yeah, of the Lost that. podcasts existed. Yeah, and that is when I was like, oh, podcasts, and this is the place you could go, and you could go on other people's podcasts real easy, because, you know, everyone was just like, call into my podcast on Show because they were happy to have anyone listening and anyone to discuss Lost with, and that is where I got my early chops.
1: Yeah, they're, 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 and another truism about television that I will just put out there that is false, season two of The Wire, not the weakest season. Season five of The Wire is the weakest. Season two is underrated. And yeah, anybody- I don't
0: think season two is all that bad.
1: Yeah, well, I think people just didn't like the fact that it was... Uh,
0: season one is so strong. White. Oh, interesting. No, I don't, I don't think that's the issue. I think that season one is such a self-contained yeah. narrative that it was going to be very hard to follow it up. So at the time... The critical reception to season two was, oh, this isn't as good as season one. And that's fair to say. It's fair to say that season two isn't as good as season one. Season one is such a tightly wound little narrative. Yeah. But then when you start stacking it up against the rest of the series, it looks a lot better. But critics don't write about the series like that, so you still see all of this bad press floating out there from back in the day about Season 2, but that's because those same critics don't stop and take a look at after Season 4. I want to say Season 4. Is that the one... Season 4 is where they were ha- burying all the bodies in the apartments, right? Yeah. Okay, no, I like that one. That's a fun one. Yeah, season um,
1: five is the one with the yes. serial killer story, and it's you know it's just oh
0: right, and and they're in the schools, right? Mm-hmm. Doesn't a decent amount? Yeah, I, I found that one to be the well, weakest. no, 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 four, news...
1: actually four they're in the schools more than Four's
0: five. in the schools. Okay, five is the newspaper. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I found this newspaper one to be the least compelling. Yeah, if you're ranking out the Wire by seasons, I think it's probably well it's season one. And then it's probably season four, then season two, then season three for me.
1: And then season five last? Uh, Yeah. Okay. I'd probably go... See, I I really like two a lot, just as a story. One is definitely the best, but... uh...
0: No, two's (laughs) cool. I I mean, the father and son dynamic is really fun in season two.
1: Yeah. It's just, it's more probably my neighborhood and probably why I have such an affinity for it, but... uh... We're here to talk wrestling because Chris has decided to make a special guest star appearance on Tuesday, because we had Money in the Bank on Sunday.
0: I watched like two thirds of the product. I figured I have at least qualified to weigh in on this, and you can just fill me in on SmackDown.
1: Uh okay. I, you know what? Where do we want to start first? Do we want to start with the pay per view?
0: Yeah, sure. Let's do it.
1: I, the overall story of the pay per view for me was it was good wrestling. But the logic of the moves made no sense, so I've been hearing a lot of reviews that really liked the pay-per-view because they liked the matches. But there were things that, as a television viewer, if you were watching this, should make you angry. I I think. I think people are giving it a pass because it was a noble in-ring effort, and they've just come to accept that you have to turn your brain off for logic. And storytelling in some things i'll give you an example we had three matches in a row where the referees made mistakes one of which i think was on purpose as part of the story and it led to absolutely nothing
0: i found that to be really jarring i was waiting for them to follow up on that on monday and the fact that that didn't come up did that come up at all on smackdown nope not at all wow really
1: yeah, and and I I think they're trying to say, "Well, you know, in a sporting event, people yell at their TV when referees make a bad mistake." So now the refs
0: it. are wild cards as well.
1: Well, no, because the refs are non-player characters who don't even get names or anything like that or have, you know, different refereeing styles. Well, well but or there's anything. like,
0: you know, ref bumping and that sort of thing, but the the fact that they're going to just blow counts like th- this in this way. This is it's weird. It's they blew counts
1: they said that they blew a count in a Kate in that cage match, the Miz Shane match. But then that was purpose. implied
0: to be deliberative, right? Yes. Like the referee did that because he was afraid of losing his job, and there was no follow up on that at all.
1: No, and, and, and that's the thing. These are the types of things that, as a television viewer, makes me want this product to be richer. And it's one of those things where I'm just going, I thought, I thought for sure after the third time it was going, they were going to back off the bit a bit they're going to have a few matches which were down the middle clean and all that other stuff and then in either a main event or something else the officiating would come into play and then then it would have been a a episode long type of story type thing but nothing was brought about of it also not brought about on monday nights raw why isn't anybody angry that brock lesnar was allowed to come down there and win when they i i, I get the I thought the Twitter reaction of "Oh, these guys bust their hump, and then Brock just gets to come down and take the briefcase." Okay, that's valid. But if you're if you're analyzing it as a how how do I put this? If you're more concerned about you know the 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 employment and the behind the scenes machinations of professional wrestling, but as a television product. I want to know why these characters were entered into a match and then management can all of a sudden just throw whoever they want to come down there and
0: win. Yeah, I found the Brock Lesnar thing. I mean, are we going to just talk about that right now? I yeah. I think it's a big it's a big mistake, right? To to put the money in the bank contract back on Brock the whole point of getting the belt off of Brock was to pull him out of the picture and also ideally to do a heat transfer from Brock Lesnar to whomever has the belt now what you have is a giant looming cloud presumably for Kofi Kingston I think where this ends up is Brock Lesnar ends up defeating Kofi Kingston at some point um, And I, I think that that's not going to help Brock Lesnar at all, and it's going to hurt Kofi Kingston, or even worse, Brock Lesnar goes and gets the belt off of Seth Rollins.
1: Well, if Brock was going to cash in, and they're doing this whole, they're doing this whole he's going to announce Monday, I believe, who he's going to cash in, not where, but if Kofi was the plan, tonight was the night to cash in because Dolph Ziggler made his return, Gave a hellacious beating to Kofi Kingston, stretchered him out, and then cut one of the worst promos I've ever heard. <laughs> Later in the show. Oh my God. Uh, let me. How let, bad was it? Well, okay, here we go. Heyman came out to distract Kofi with the thought that Brock might be there tonight. Dolph comes in, beats the hell out of him. I go, I'm, as I'm watching this, I'm going, this is. This isn't just a normal beating. This was a stretcher job, which I liked. I liked the viciousness of it. Except that he'll
0: probably be back next week.
1: uh, That too. Yeah, no, throwing pancakes and doing whatever. But as I'm watching this, I'm going, you know what? If he cuts a good promo, he's born again in this company. And he comes out and he has this voice like he's broken up like he's almost ready to cry and his promo is all about how it should have been me in the money in the bank because when Ali got hurt they put Kofi in and he jumped through hoops but it should have been me it should have been me it should have been me I don't mind that as a premise of a promo but he never got to the point of why does this matter to him? What he never personalized it. It was that whining. I got looked over again. I should have been the one here. I didn't, you know, that that that, and it was that kind of tonation in it. And I was just like, oh, this is the wrong, this is the wrong beat they're 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 playing here. They should have bu- done it as. If they're going to make it as I should have been the one in the Money in the Bank match, it's like, hey, where was my phone call to go into the match? You know what? I was sitting at home resting after leaving here after the Royal Rumble.
0: Yeah, I almost think it should have been me is much more meta. I think the issue here is that they made it so much about the money in the bank thing. Mm -hmm. I think for Dolph Ziggler, this whole thing of putting in 11 years of hard work and everything and it finally paying off and you being this undersized guy who's constantly being overlooked and you go out and you try your ass off and you really try to connect with the fans and the fans get you over, but they always kind of put the cap on you because they don't quite see you as this guy. Like A lot of Kofi Kingston's story... Reports on Dolph Ziggler, and I think Dolph Ziggler could do that and repackage all of that in a heelish way, and say all of this good fortune that's happening to Kofi Kingston, it should be happening to me. I should be the person having the big WrestleMania moment.
1: My problem with it is he's coming off as self, not self-loathing, but having a pity party in front of like people when he should have said, "Look, I gave him that kind of beating because." I wanted that phone call, and I wanted them to. You know what? I wanted more anger, and they don't do that kind of heat. This is this is such a weird. It, it's such a. It, I need you to watch this, and and let me know what you think.
0: Just just the okay, promo part. Sure, sure. No, I'll follow up with you on Thursday on it.
1: Yeah, and and no, there was a nice parallel too because I see. I was thinking, man, if you really want to go in depth, because Big E made his return to a live SmackDown wearing a knee brace. He's not going to be able to compete for a while, obviously, but he was there. And then they did a backstage vignette with, uh, where they knocked him out of the match so that he couldn't accompany Kofi in his match against Sami Zayn. And if you remember, Dolphin Big E used to be aligned with one. Right,
0: yeah, absolutely, sure. I
1: thought that would have been a nice parallel there, but it was, you know, they're doing, they're focusing more on the Kevin owens Sami Zayn part of it. But, uh... Yeah, for SmackDown that happened. Ali beat Andrade, which is kind of odd because they've been building up Andrade for the Finn Balor match in Saudi Arabia. Um and that was what most of the commentary was about was Andrade's gonna have to face the demon. And you know, and then that happened. And then um Bailey and, and Becky teamed up to face Lacey Evans and Charlotte. But of course because champions have to be alpha dogs at all time, Becky and Bailey are bickering right before the match and then after they win right after the match, you know, because Becky wants her two belts back.
0: Right, I, sure, sure.
1: But going back to money in the bank, I thought the because it opened the show other than the Smackdown tag team title match, even though it wasn't a non-title match where the Usos beat or the Usos, yeah, the Usos beat Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan. Which, interesting. Um, I thought the women's Money in the Bank overdelivered. I thought it was pretty darn good. After after the few contrived, it's my ladder. No, it's my ladder. Spots. I thought overall the match itself wasn't that bad. I thought Dana Brooke did. Better than I ever thought she was going to. I thought Bailey was the real workhorse of this, as I thought she'd be. And there were a couple of amazing spots in there. The only thing that didn't register with me too much was the Carmella faking an injury, maybe not faking an injury spot, because it seemed a little bit too real. Um, <laughs> Before then coming down and trying to climb up the ladder, I was like, man, if that, if that was a work, I bid on it. But uh, Bailey winning your... Uh, Money in the Bank briefcase, that came as a shock to me. I didn't see it coming.
0: I have to admit, I didn't see it coming either. I I was a bit surprised that they went with Bailey, But then again, I was also surprised that we were taking off one of the belts from Becky this soon. So a lot of the way this played out for me was a bit of a surprise.
1: Well, we'll go into those matches then. uh, Becky Lynch does beat um, Lacey Evans.
0: Great match with. for Lacey Evans. I she looks so really, too. really sharp. I thought she looked great here. This is a real coming out party for her. We've we've talked about her and and I've liked her and I definitely seen something in her, but she's clearly put some more things together and, and this was a nice long match. Becky kind of guided her at various points, but oh, Lacey she, very Becky much was, did her.
1: Becky was screaming at her at a few points. Like it yeah. fell off the cliff a little bit towards the end because Becky is just screaming spots at her to to do. But overall, I thought Lacey, you know, at least for the first few minutes. The
0: execution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, the move execution was good. I I mean, she still has that thing that happens when you're a WWE-only person in the ring where you just never really learn wrestling instincts. You learn, at best, at most, WWE instincts. And Becky has wrestling instincts because she's worked in other places in the world.
1: Yeah, and and then right after that match, Charlotte comes out to say, hey, my our match is next. Uh, they wrestle for a bit.
0: Lacey. Did they pay off at all the whole gimmick of why Charlotte was able to pull the strings to get this match right then and there? No. It okay. made
1: absolutely no sense other than... Okay,
0: cool. No, I just wanted... I thought I'd ask.
1: <laughs> it's, it's you know what's odd? and And here's the thing. I was thinking... I thought they were going to pay that off along with the Brock thing. And basically turn Triple H heel since he's in charge for the night backstage. Because that's the only explanation there is for either of those things happening. But they never paid that off. Um. Charlotte beats Becky Lynch for the SmackDown women's title after Lacey Evans comes back, hits her with the women's right. Uh, you know, so that feud's gonna continue. Becky takes it out on Charlotte, beats her up a bit, Bailey comes down, has a moment of should I should I cash in? Should I not cash in? I swear to God, when she decides Should I, ca-
0: shouldn't I on Charlotte? Yes. Like, what would be the hesitation moment? Well she's for a Bailey. good
1: guy, and that would be taking advantage of a situation, Chris.
0: It would be one thing if it was cashing in on Becky. That would be it also would have been much more emotionally intriguing. This is pretty clear. This is pretty cut and dry. Charlotte's not a great person and has not been a great person to Bailey, at least not in recent vintage, and Bailey should just go ahead and get this belt.
1: They take out of canon that the person who is the champ has to be on their feet. Uh it kinda comes and goes, it has now gone away again. Uh, Bailey drags the body out, and I swear when she went to the top rope, I go, she's gonna lose this match.
0: I I had a feeling she was going to lose the match. I thought too. she was. I yeah. thought
1: they were gonna make her the biggest geek ever, and maybe just try and do a build her up from scratch. I know. I was line. thinking
0: Lacey Evans was gonna come in and make the save and cost Bailey the cash in,
1: or or just make it null and void. I could have seen that too, but I just thought, man, she's not. And then they gave her the title and. She came off like a superstar in the post game celebration. I think, uh, I think her promo on SmackDown tonight—they're uh, again—they're hitting the wrong beats. They they know what they want, but they're hitting the wrong beats because she can't kind of came out and goes, "I'm past hugging now. I'm a fighting champion." Type of promo.
0: Does she have went, a new theme song? No. no. Okay, so then then she can't be saying that
1: exactly. And and of course, right before a big tag match. Uh, Becky has to say, yeah, I'm coming for your belt. Oh, OK, I hope you do. You know, that kind of uh, the AJ Seth Rollins type of thing that they were doing before their match. It, it just it's just like, can we can we lay off the alpha dog and just be friends and happy for each other, even though it might be in the worst of situations? I understand Becky wants her belt back, but this is where money would be a great motivator for people to put aside their differences and win the tag match first before they go back to bickering. I'm, I'm, you know, I. We'll get to that when we get to this twenty four seven belt, which I just, I don't understand. Uh, it's a
0: wild card belt. What's not to understand? We'll get into take it. take right? a wild card, it. turn it tabling into it. a belt, table it, table. Okay. You know, table means different things in different countries.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. It does.
1: What does it mean in this country?
0: Well, it means to not do it. Right. Okay.
1: (laughs) Uh, Rey Mysterio defeated Samoa Joe in a minute and 40 seconds.
0: But a fun minute and 40 seconds. Come on now. That senton where he crushes Joe's nose made the rest of the sequence that followed so fun.
1: Here's what WWE needs to learn, because the story of this is they went home early because of the blood. Joe does this in almost every match now. His nose is putty. It's going to bleed. Make it part of his character where he's a badass working through it. But no, they did. They they put the belt on Ray, which ah, doesn't need it. And we're once again delaying. The problem was that finish, right? That finish was really stupid. The finish was dumb. Shoulders were up. They called him out on the ref thing. And then we still haven't really figured out what the hell we're doing with Dominic. So yes.
0: the beatdown was fun, though. The Urinagis afterwards were. Sweet. Oh, yeah.
1: No, Joe's great. And Joe's. Promo. I know. See, that's
0: the thing is like, this is bad. But Joe makes even all of this bad writing still good. And I thought Ray for his part was fine. I just dumb finish. And that's not their fault. They didn't come up with this bizarre ref spot. That's just what they were handed.
1: Joe's promo might be the best thing on either show this week because yeah. he, his promo was about Ray being a man of honor and you won't want Dominic to not think you're a man of honor and uh, oh it was it was great it was great stuff Shane defeated the Miz by escaping the cage via Oh this was so off. bad. <laughs> this was
0: so bad.
1: Less said the better I think. I just uh, I yeah. just don't understand. I don't understand. Well, the Miz Super is Shane. fine.
0: The Miz is fine as as a face, but what he needs is a heel. Who is a gifted hand? Because the Miz is not super skilled in the ring, but can connect with the crowd. Is a good baby face. He knows his gimmick. He knows how to work their style. Um, he just needs someone like Cesaro could get good like heel face matches out of the Miz. But Shane McMahon is so like not good at wrestling that th- these matches die these long, agonizing deaths.
1: I didn't even care about the match so much as I don't understand why Shane has to be this powerful on TV. I don't get it. I get that he's a he's probably the authority figure of note on both shows now. He's hiring his team of hired goons who will be the corporation. But he himself? The, the joy of watching wrestler versus manager type characters is to watch the manager get his butt kicked because he's not as skilled as the professional wrestler. The thing that the WWE did was they started putting McMahon's over trained talent. And now the thinking is, and the thinking's always been with Shane, that Shane is giving the other guy the rub. This is what they thought with the AJ Styles match at WrestleMania. This is what they thought with Kevin Owens this is what they probably what they thought with the Miz yeah yes it's 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 amazing to me that they think this but uh...
0: but you know just to plug the patreon real quick since you kind of brought up the wrestler versus manager dynamic one of the matches we talked about on the Andy Kaufman episode is Jerry Lawler versus
1: Andy Kaufman <laughs> or yeah, but even and, Andy Hart. Kaufman
0: and Jimmy Hart they're both in the ring at the same time and like the the power dynamic that's implied is something like one Jerry Lawler punch is worth I don't know like seven or eight Andy Kaufman and Jimmy Hart style punches like it's so as such Jerry and Jimmy or I'm sorry Jimmy and Andy have to work together and Try to gang up on Jerry Lawler, um, which doesn't necessarily work out for them. But, like, that's the problem here with Shane. The idea that Shane can hang with the Miz, it's it's kind of nuts. And then there was that weird little referee spot, too, that they mm-hmm. also added into this match, in addition to the weird t-shirt comes-off finish.
1: Yeah, it, I think it's one of those things where... If All this stuff's
0: so overcooked.
1: If it was legit, don't bring it up. If it's not legit, have a payoff for it. That's all I care about. You know, if 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 it was the ref literally screwing up, then Vince is and then Vince is in somebody's head yelling, complain about that because he's angry about it, and that's not a good thing because if it's said on TV, it's usually said for a reason. This isn't sports. This is wrestling. Okay, it's it's a worked simulated sports thing everything should happen for a reason um, yeah tony niece defeated aria devari
0: i had a real problem with tony niece kicking out of that really brutal aria devari combination of his frog splash combined with the rainmaker style clothesline like he did all three of his finishing moves to tony niece in succession um, and they all looked super clean, and I just thought him knees kicking out of all those spots really buried Aria Davari. I mean, I mean not buried, you know what's burying at this point, but like that should have been a finishing combination for Davari.
1: I think it was to try to get this match over more over than it should have been.
0: Yeah, and that didn't work, Because this
1: is how WWE builds drama, and we'll get into this with the Seth Rollins-AJ Styles match as well. Kicking out of finishers is the drama now, not the beatdown leading into the pin. Kicking out of another guy's finisher is the way to get the crowd excited now. And it's it's really kind of hurt match layout in many, many ways. Yeah,
0: layouts... I mean, the problem with layout is that... They don't think about, you know, how are you bringing stuff inside and outside of the ring? How do you make joint work and that sort of stuff interesting? And this is really on the main roster because it feels like on NXT they're actually pretty Mm -hmm. decent at working some of those different layouts. But on the main roster, it's just not happening. And I agree with you. This became, you do a whole series of moves, I'll kick kick out of it. I'll do a whole series of moves, you'll kick out of it, and then eventually we went home with Tony Nese winning, and this very boring Tony Nese title reign will continue.
1: Yes. Roman Reigns defeated Elias, 10 seconds. Fine with this.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's fine.
1: Seth Rollins defeated AJ Styles. Again, I liked the match overall. I did. The build was bad. The build to this match was god-awful for what they delivered. Um... And, and, you know, it, it's, it's another thing where the, the drama is again in guys kicking out of each other's finishers. I, I just, it's, it's one of those things where I'm just like, I understand it. It's now what modern WWE is. I just, I just can't watch these matches anymore without waiting for the first finisher to be kicked out of.
0: Yes, or even the big signature move spot. I I mean, you know, this did have some nice sequences, though. Like, for example, Seth Rollins spicing up his superplex into the Falcon Arrow by turning it into a reverse superplex into Mm -hmm. a reverse Falcon Arrow. Well, not quite a reverse Falcon Arrow, but you know what I'm trying to say. Like, a, a variant of a move that looks like it would be the reversal of a Falcon Arrow. And... I thought all of that was cool. You know, it's just in certain ways the WWE style really confines AJ Styles and Seth Rollins.
1: A a bit. I mean, you know that there's that match, that All Japan or New Japan Dominion style match in them that they can do. And for me, you know what? You brought up the point I was going to bring up. I like that Seth Rollins mixes up his moveset a bit to be more big match. In these in these title matches, I
0: because but still within the context of the WWF, you have five moves. Yeah, like Style. It's just like variants of those five moves. And like, that's cool. And I think more wrestlers should take a cue off of that.
1: Yeah, I would have. You know what? For what they were building, this need to be a bit more grudgy. This needed to be a little bit more. People punching the heat each other like went in heat.
0: reverse, right? Yeah. Like this began with AJ Styles being like, "I'm going to show you a mean streak," and yeah. it ended with AJ Styles begrudgingly showing Seth Rollins respect. I, I just, found I don't mind the that heat. part.
1: I don't mind the the respect part, but man, they need to do better on that. As opposed to Seth, you know, cockily holding the belt up, as opposed to look if the guy who's acting like a jerk puts his hand out. You can give that momentary lapse of you know what. I'm not sure if you're on the up and up, but just shake the hand, as opposed to making him wait for a while. That's a baby face move, or that's a heel move to not shake a, a guy's hand like that. That that was my problem with it. No, but but like in the beginning, AJ was acting like a jerk. He was acting like a complete and total jerk, and then by the last week, it became a promo video about hey AJ gave. Seth Rollins his first big match in Iowa and wouldn't it be cool if the student beat the master and I'm like well this isn't how this story started and then the match was wrestled like the student or the master apprentice type of thing and that was the entire commentary and it was just like well that didn't fit the the story got disjointed about halfway through
0: then we had Calisto Grand Metalik and (laughs) Lindsay (laughs) Dorado Versus Lars Sullivan. This happened (laughs) on Money in the Bank and also on Raw. I I will say, I actually liked the way the Raw one was sequenced out and thought that that would have been perfectly fine as the Money in the Bank spot, but this Money in the Bank spot was borderline offensive on some level. It also just ridiculous because I don't really think this is helping Lars Sullivan.
1: I kind of went into this a bit at on raw i had a live thought about it and yes i i could hear the screams <laughs> i could hear the screams of of many a politically astute person going why is he wrestling the minorities right now
0: well i mean theoretically jeff <laughs> like like jeff let's just throw this out there right Lars Sullivan definitely had that one hundred thousand dollar fine a couple of weeks ago. So oh, the company's acu- yeah no. So the company's acutely aware of this. This is top of mind because that fine is definitely real.
1: Here's how they build stars, and it's an utterly ridiculous way. But but it goes for giants, but also the A list guys that they like. The Roman Reigns, Triple H has been built like this. Other people, they take their guy and they beat up multiple people with heft to them. Like, they'll come out and they'll destroy the Lucha House Party, which both destroys the Lucha House Party as a legitimate act, and also in many ways undermines the 205 Live Division. They did this with Braun Strowman.
0: Yeah, because it does say you know it takes three or four of these cruiserweights to even stand in the ring with a heavyweight, which I I think just puts too much of a class differential between them.
1: Yes, and with Roman Reigns and Triple H, they would go out there and usually beat the tag team champions by themselves. So it's just like, wait, two guys can't, two guys skilled at tag team wrestling can't beat one person. Screw that. What they should do, and this is my opinion, is. Just get it for giants, not for Roman, the Roman Reigns, you know, guys that you want to be the face of your company type that you're gonna do, do this thing, you know the, you know the the bodybuilder guys that 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 Vince goes, oh my god, he could be the new face of our company, but for the real big freak show attractions like Lars and Braun, they should beat up nothing but local talent.
0: Right, they right. Beat
1: up nothing but local talent. This company you, can afford
0: on, to overpay me, local me, talent too. Let me
1: finish my thought. Okay. Here while they're building up the local talent, you build up the guy that they're going to face through wins against people with Credible, and then you bring him in, and then you let the Giant beat him. And then you just repeat the cycle with various people of various length or various um, rankings. Like, the first guy he beats is Zack Ryder, but Zack Ryder's had a couple of wins here and there. And then He's beating up local talent while you're building up, say, Mustafa Ali, who gets a few quality wins. You throw him against the Giant, he loses. Up until the point where you're going to put him against the world champion. That's all you need to do with a guy. It's not that hard. But instead what they do is they gut their entire mid card to try and build the Giant. And then when the Giant goes cold, there's nothing for him to do except be like Braun Strowman.
0: Yeah, there's no heat transfer back Mm -hmm. out of... Lars Sullivan. So these guys end up being heat sinks. And it's like, yeah, I mean, you fed the Lucha House party to them and R Truth, who you actually, you know, he was, you know, heated up fairly nicely not all that long ago. Mm -hmm. But now he kind of looks like a goober because he has been fed to Lars Sullivan over and over and over again. And yeah, they've done that, I think, with too many people in an effort to build up Lars. And I don't really know that they've fully gotten. Lars to where they need him to be
1: well they don't they're taking it very slow because he did the whole he came out to address people yes on Monday Charlie Caruso starts the interview and then he doesn't say anything because the Lucha House Party are here to get beat up again so they're doing that whole thing they're built this is what they consider a slow build
0: looking forward to this dress.
1: <laughs> like I said, I need a monocle and a pipe and a top hat. I want him to be like Mr. Hyde, but with Jekyll's brain. I think that'd be the best way to do it, but I think they're just going to go, I'm going to decimate the entire... You know, whatever. Uh, and then Kofi Kingston defeated Kevin Owens. Good match. Didn't feel like an important match, though.
0: Yeah. And it didn't really have that... You betrayed us. Deal. No, it didn't. I found the throwing off the shoes thing to be kind of weird. Um, Kofi was okay here. He He wasn't amazing here. And there's supposed to be, like, a passionate thing going on here because Kevin Owens infiltrated the New Day. He basically played these guys. So there really should be some intensity to, like, really school this guy who played you like you want to make a joke out of me you you think you can make a joke out of me you think you can fool me well and jokes on you that sort of thing and i didn't really get that out of kofi kingston
1: i agree i that if you're going to if i die tomorrow and if i do that means i don't have to go to work on thursday (laughs) if i die tomorrow my what please Give W D uh, W E my one main criticism of their entire product is that the actors have no emotional connection to the stories they're telling. Because, yeah, Kofi Kingston should be mad as hell at Kevin Owens, and he's not.
0: Have you ever been fooled by somebody in your life? I like, still hold grudges about Yeah, right. Who have I know. The people who life. have, uh, yes, the people who have, like, actively deceived me to bring me injury, that would, that sticks with you. Like, Ever and have certainly, a woman
1: cheat on you? I'm still mad at that.
0: <laughs> and, and you would certainly be salty about it if it was just three weeks ago, I imagine.
1: Yes. I, I just, it's like all these. We come out and we give our lines. I'm going to face you here. I'm going to face you here. Slap, slap. But it's across
0: the the board here, right? Like, we've discussed so many different matches now where it feels like they have different parts of different storylines and... It's as though the writing team is made up of, I don't know, let's say 20 or 30 people, and they're just grabbing little pieces of different storylines that they've seen on wrestling television in the past, and they don't necessarily know why all of those things are connected together. No one's actually creating a continuity and going like, well, the reason you do this sort of angle, like the reason you would do a Dolph Ziggler comes out and jumps Kofi Kingston and crushes his head angle is to set up X, Y, and Z and have so a I plan for thinking. that it's second right thinking you know exactly he does
1: this why 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 but, be, but it's because when kevin run- owens
0: does this to the new day how does that make the new day feel
1: well it's because the showrunner has no interest in telling those stories he just wants to get through this week of television and we'll figure out something next week and by the time next week comes oh that was last week we need to focus on this week that's him this the script for raw was still being written when the show went to air.
0: How many times have you said that since I've been on this show? It feels like every other week nearly now.
1: Oh, my goodness. Yeah. The other big announcement. Well, actually, you know what? I'm going to go into a little personal news here. I I, I was watching Money in the Bank while I was writing jokes, Chris. Because I was uh, ghostwriting for a member of the dais on, or I thought I was at first. Uh, For the Ric Flair roast. And then that person pulled out, or was not invited. And so I shifted over to another member of the dais. So I am working hard trying to get all these jokes written. And then Ric Flair on Monday, it's like, Oh yeah, there's not going to be a roast. And I just went, that's just the perfect end after being angry at Money in the Bank and angry at Game of Thrones. Is that a- I'm thinking... See, I'm I'm torn on this because I thought about doing a Patreon episode where I just read the jokes I had already brainstormed. But the roast may happen in September, so I kinda have to keep these jokes for now.
0: Well it's a shame. You've like now teased these jokes that we can't hear. Yeah,
1: I know. I just realized that as I said it. So
0: Can you give us one of these pearls?
1: Um no, because I want to keep them all in case I have to give well, them to this every person. Every
0: single one you're gonna hang on to every single one. Oh, give, I, have I mean some ones. Yeah, I'll give, give me a shitty one. Let's give a shitty one.
1: I'll give you one that won't make it. Um, <laughs> I, I think it was something like uh, so so let's see, Rick, you have three kids. that got into the wrestling, into the wrestling business. Did you take parenting tips from Fritz von Eric? And then the, the the tagline was gonna be something like, "Oh, don't worry, only one of yours died." So <laughs> oh, I don't think that God. one would they, uh, see that one wouldn't make it that because that's too dark. It's that's kind of dark. dark. Yeah,
0: it's, I mean, like that is a roast. I mean that that's yeah. roast material. But man, yeah, no, yeah. but that's
1: the, that was my kind of tonage. And the person I was originally writing for could do that. And then the the person that I ended up writing for, or I was going to give ideas to, doesn't want to be mean. And I'm just like, oh, God, <laughs> no, <laughs> don't do this to me. Don't, don't make me have to write nice th- nice jokes. I, w- I want to write roast jokes.
0: He's so rich for roasting uh, on that front. He has All so day. many delightful foibles.
1: Yes, there's so many... Uh... <laughs> uh, well, oh, I don't have my jokes handy otherwise I, I'd give you another Well, no, I I mean, you
0: I asked for one free one and and you gave me a free one, so I, that's all I can ask for. <laughs> I mean, I could ask for more, but but no, like I well, you, you you fulfilled my request, so I I don't I'm not asking for more.
1: Again, I will do it for pay eventually behind the wall if this roast does not go off. And that way, you make money off of my suffering. (laughs) There
0: we go. That's fair. That's Uh, fair.
1: The 24-7 belt has been unveiled. And boy, what an unveiling it was. Mick Foley comes out, stammers through a speech, talking about how they're going to make Raw... Raw again, I guess.
0: Oh, my God. Like, so, yes, the vague, oblique reference to Make America Great Again, which is... Something that n- neither side of the political divide is probably looking extremely forward to hearing reference during Monday Night Raw, particularly not in the context of this belt. Like, was it, something it's about just the, unnecessary.
1: There was something about the third hour being going to get a lot meaner. I was just like, well, okay, that's kind of intriguing if it's not a throwaway line, as long as it's not just about this 24-7 belt. Now... Some context. The twenty four seven rule was something done for comedy purposes on the hardcore title during the Attitude era. Sure. It led to a lot of great comedy sketches, mostly because Crash Holly, an undersized wrestler, had the belt and was scared to death of getting beat.
0: And the headbangers were really awesome foils for Crash Holly as well. Yes. The headbangers did a lot of like really good work throughout those. I I have some fond memories of those skits at the Adventureland or Chuck E. Cheese-style ballparks and that sort of thing, and Crash Holly was good at that. The airport one was fun. Crash Holly did a lot of really good work, but it...
1: It was reliant on him to get the belt over. Right, right. My problem with this is I would... We've evolved in storytelling from the Attitude Era, or so I'd like to think.
0: Uh, I, I think that's kind of debatable.
1: I don't mind... Yeah, well, it is for this company. But I don't mind comedy. As you know, Toru Yano, one of my favorite wrestlers. This kind of thing would be great with him. I want a reason why all these guys are fighting for this belt. And I can't. my solution, as I posted today, was... Just say that the holder of the title gets $250 an hour. And then maybe the person who's made the most money at the end of the year gets a real title shot... Or something. Give me a reason why I'm watching this wackiness, which should be associated with yakity sacks every time they're doing it. But give me a why reason would you, why want, this why yeah, would you exactly. want this title belt? Yeah, exactly. title. Why I have would they want no this under- title?
0: Yeah, it's just some. It's ugly for one. I mean, like the color scheme on this thing. Jeez, and that would,
1: And that would also give a reason why some of the more high-profile wrestlers wouldn't be interested in this title, because it's not enough money for them to put out the effort to go after it. Hey, I'm a world Or it has something,
0: champion. or it has some bearing on their current title. Like You you want the 24-7 title because it gives you yes. an opportunity to challenge for the United States title, the Intercontinental title, or even a tag team title belt if you can hold on to it for, I don't know, let's say two weeks.
1: Yeah, I, my thing was... Just give this 24/7 belt to Brock and tell him and, and have him say I'll take all comers anytime come to my farm and leave. That's how they're gonna write off this belt. Hopefully, I just I just don't want to see Robert Rude being scared of people. I think he has too much heft. I, I it was just it's it's embarrassing to watch. I, I I don't mind like the Drake Maverick types coming out of the woodwork to go after it because he has nothing to do. But, I mean, you watch this cast of characters going after this title, and it just screams geek. And I don't mind that so much, but I want to get... But it's like...
0: (laughs) Well, this is a comedy arc with no payoff, and that's the problem. If
1: there's a movie corollary, it's when they're having, you know, the fights in Django Unchained. I feel almost uncomfortable watching these people of a lower status going after a belt that doesn't mean anything. Just for corporate fealty's sake. Oh, look, guys, it's a title. In the WWE, you could call yourself a title holder in our company. Now be good little employees and go down there and kill yourself for this belt.
0: And what is the point of, you know, you're going to bring it down to NXT. You're going to bring it down to 205 Live, NXT UK. This belt's going to travel around all over the place like Robbie the Robot or something like that and get signed by all these different Russians. I I don't see the point.
1: They should call this the Likes to Entertain Championship.
0: I still think they should, the should just ca- Wild Card Wild Card Championship. We're no, in the, the Wild, wild Card era. Important.
1: The Wild Card's too important to put on this title because the Wild Card is where the big stars use the rule. You put the wild card in this
0: title. Well, I mean, think about this, Jeff. Think about this. When you have the belt, you have wild card privileges. You are like one of the four. You're almost at the same status as one of the four people who are part of the wild card rule at any given point. Because you're now holding the belt that allows you to warp between all the different brands, but mm. only temporarily. Mm. So you are kind of a wild card. Hmm. No, stop me at me. You start going uh-huh. Get, get with you, you uh-huh. Come on. Let's uh-huh. I'm
1: I'm sitting here with my arms crossed, Chris.
0: And no, I I, see, head, I hear no. that. I'm hearing that. I do radio. I know I know what's going on. Um oh. so what else do we need to hit here?
1: Oh, let's get some extraneous raw? things from raw.
0: Ricochet loses to Cesaro. That was so weird. Although it was a good match, but it was all weird. And Cesaro's new music is better than his old music, but almost anything would be. Oh, um, I had a
1: clean up. I had a clean up point for the twenty first okay, title. Well, sure. I think there might also be. I won't call it a more sinister motive behind this, but but follow me on here. A more business, corporate minded thing on this. This is going to be used for the most part to get clicks to. WWE dot com, mm-hmm. Twitter, Facebook, all their social media. Oh, platforms. the title's
0: being defended right now on Twitter. You can watch.
1: Yes. Now, why? Why is this bad? Why is this duplicitous, so to speak? It's not that they don't. I mean, look, if it's an obvious clickbait type thing, that's fine. It gets social engagement up. But the WWE uses social engagement as a barometer. ...during their stock meetings. So if they can get more clicks because of this 24-7 title... ...and use this phony barometer of... ...we're the most socially engaged company... ...or we're more socially engaged than the NFL, etc., etc. They can then go to their stockholders and use this as a phony barometer for how well the company's doing.
0: Man. Well, we'll see. I, I, I hope investors are savvy and can kind of put that together. But that Most is...
1: Are. They that's a little bit of a bank
0: shot. But yeah, no, I mean, that's actually been WWE's problem in the past is that they think they're being more clever than their investors and their investors yeah. actually see through a decent amount of Vince's and Burial's plans.
1: Yeah, no, I just remember, I think it was one of the... One of the early stock meetings where they went uh, or like a Q1 where they said we're the most socially engaged in company in in the world or something like that or socially engaged. And I'm like, that's not a real metric. That's that doesn't translate to business. That doesn't translate to cash money. It just means people are watching free stuff on social media. But uh, yeah, back to uh, Cesaro and Ricochet. It was a poorly told story. The story was that Ricochet's loss doesn't matter because he was in that Money in the Bank match and he got tricked, tricked by that evil Cesaro. You know, because his pride got in the way of him, and he said, "I will take this match despite right." Even though the ladders.
0: the agency clearly falls on Ricochet at a certain yes. point, you have to know your own body. Can you go or can't you go? And there's no shame or dishonor in saying my back is hurt. From the latter spot, which, oh, by the way, you all just saw an instant replay here. So as you might imagine, I need an extra week and not an overnight before I can come in and wrestle. And instead he's like, no, I can go. And Cesaro exploited that. I have no real problem with Cesaro winning like this. It's not like super honorable. It's like it's shady in the sense of like, well, you challenge an injured guy, but then you also kind of have the mitigating circumstance of the injured guy accepted.
1: Well, but they didn't tell the story well. They, You know, I have no problem with that as a story. Yeah, and
0: then they did these very, very nicely done spots. I mean, that's the thing. So then they come out and they start showing off how Cesaro and Ricochet would work together. And Ricochet does that awesome spring off of uh, Cesaro's shoulders. Yeah, Yeah. it's great. But when you have a bad back, that's exactly not the type of spot you should be doing.
1: It's like, I'll go full speed. Oh, my back. I'll go full speed. Oh, my back. Because we don't want to deny the people the privilege of seeing Ricochet do what he does and why he's a big superstar and why we put the pew-pew sound during his entrance. But at the same time, we also want to convey- because he's going out
0: the walls, Jeff. Don't you understand?
1: We also want to convey that he's hurt. And oh, oh, my back after doing these amazing spring- It just, it, it doesn't connect. If he came down there and had to be helped down to the ring in order to do the match, I'd believe it. And would get heat on Cesaro, but not this way. This way was just. This way is just. I'm clever, and I'm going to trick you into getting in a match with me so that I win it. Oh, okay. And then he does. Just went. What the? This is ah. Uh, uh, I just. He's the that.
0: one and only.
1: Now, did also, he come down the one this- thing
0: I want to say is, I remember on Raw they go, well. From phenomenal to amazing, and it, it, that little line made me go, man. This company really relies too much on generic superlatives.
1: Yes, the ex- because they don't. <laughs> My favorite is the one for Finn Balor because they don't. Uh, they don't emphasize the syllables right. It's the extraordinary man who does extraordinary things. And Which they, is they always, also
0: ridiculous because the whole idea should be he's the ordinary man, ordinary who, man does who does extra extraordinary. extraordinary. yes. That's yes. a dichotomy. You're trying to, yes. there's, a, there's a thing happening there. <laughs> when, when he's extraordinary and he does extraordinary well, see, things. That's to say, what he's supposed to do, Jeff.
1: Well, we can't make him ordinary because he's a WWE superstar. But if he so was we'll an him...
0: extraordinary man who does ordinary things, it's boring. It's like here's Superman doing a puzzle.
1: Well, the problem is it's in print. So it's the same. So they never emphasize it correctly. So they always say the extraordinary it's man. It's the same who does word. Extraordinary things. Yeah, exactly. As opposed to, they probably don't even do it on the script. They probably have extraordinary as one word and ex extraordinary on <laughs> the, as one word. So they just read it straight. It's just, it's so dumb. But, um. At least yeah, the they're... Revival
0: defeated the Usos. That was good.
1: Yeah, they stole one, and they never do that correct. And so this is going to be 50 50 for a while, and we're just going to have to deal with it. I like the match. The I
0: match did like the fun. match. Yeah, the match was fun. And again, I'm just glad that the Revival actually won this. I would have liked it even more if they had won it clean, but I kind of get that because they don't want to necessarily blow off the Usos and Revival feud that quickly either.
1: And at the risk of going too negative, I howled at Alexa taking her coffee down to the ring. I I thought that that was, was very funny. That was very funny, and and uh, Braun in his uh, non gimmick account <laughs> making very flirtatious comments on her Instagram about, uh, hey, you want some cream in that coffee? Um, <laughs> or you want some sugar in that sugar? Or something like that? Some southern colloquial. I I laughed at that, but just the (laughs) kind of the defeated look that that's me in every morning meeting before 10 (laughs) a.m. I'm bringing my coffee with me. You can't make me not. I I like that. I like what they've done with Nikki Cross over these past couple weeks. I think it's been an improvement, although the lackey thing, it's cheap and it's kind of lazy at the same time. But I like that Nikki's getting a little bit of personality here.
0: Yeah, I like that she's getting a little bit of personality here. I actually kind of like the Nikki and Becky dynamic. I'd be interested in seeing that play out more. Nikki and Becky. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) That could be fun.
1: Yeah, I I like that too. Um... The, the match, the six person match wasn't anything to write home about. But
0: uh, no, the iconics are still not really. They're bad
1: in the ring, but they're great yeah. outside of the ring. I know, right? I they're love very them entertaining. Of
0: the ring. I know they're very entertaining outside of the ring, but they are lousy inside the ring.
1: Well, Billy is. is...
0: Yes, yes, no, right, right, yeah, yeah. That's fair. It, I mean, it's mostly Billy's, you know, stinking it up in there.
1: Anyway, so let's uh, let's cut off there, Chris. Get your plugs in.
0: All right. Don't worry. Dot TV. Chris Novembrino at C H R I S N O V E M B R I N O on Twitter, the All in the Family Podcast. Go and subscribe to it on iTunes on Stitcher. Don't worry about the government on iTunes on Stitcher. Jeff.
1: You can follow me at Crap Game13. You can follow Chris at Chris Novemberino. You can follow the show at Shake Them Ropes. I'll have more jokes on on the twitter i i just this week i i came close to quitting the show again, which is a bad thing i should patreon dot
0: com that. slash shake them ropes there you go
1: patreon dot com slash shake them ropes where chris and I watch old wrestling that i i howl and pop like mad for, and we both seem to really really enjoy more than the current product let's do for that this weekend a, okay for as little as a dollar a month uh you can uh
0: Support, get the, get show. Yeah, you you support the show. Yeah, you get bonus episodes and support Chris. the show. Yeah.
1: Although Chris now has more work, so I may have to start getting a cut of that cash. Um, <laughs> uh, and remember, just just as a personal note, Memorial Day is the sad one. Veterans Day is a congratulatory one. Active.